Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Well, isn't that some weather forecast uh, shortened to the point there from uh, Gillian? Um, Going to be very nice today. Now, when you hear about great weather, you obviously think to yourself, wouldn't it be nice to have a three-day weekend to enjoy it? You know, today, tomorrow, Monday, maybe not have to go back to uh, today, tomorrow, Sunday. I'm confused my weekends now. <laughs> um, and maybe go back to work uh, Monday if it's not a bank holiday, which it isn't, unfortunately, uh, this Monday coming. But are there any downsides to the concept of moving to a four-day week if you can do it doing the same job on the same salary? Well, uh, Karen O'Reilly of Employ Mom Limited and Margaret Cox, director of the ICE Group, who operate the Pitman Training Centre here in Limerick. Well, they both started uh, doing a four-day week in July 2019 on a six-month trial. And the trials were such a success, they were made permanent this January. Um, and maybe in a timely way, considering COVID came around the corner not long after that. You're both very welcome and good morning to you. Karen, the thing I find interesting is that when we asked the question of Limerick Today listeners on um, our Facebook page, uh, some of the responses were not that positive. People worried about the four days being too long, that they won't have time to spend with their family and not sure that the idea of squeezing their, their leisure time or whatever else they have to do into three days was such a good idea. What would you say to that? Hi, Joe. Um, well, look, our name is Employ Flex uh, and Employ Mum, so we're all about flexible work in the workplace. Um, I think the four-day working week is an ideal scenario, um, irrespective of being parents or not. Um, I think COVID has taught people how to um, self-manage and discipline themselves. Um, and perhaps some people have dabbled in remote work for the first time and got a good insight into time management and perhaps realised that there was a lot of hours that were wasted in an office environment. But I think you definitely need to look at the two sides of the coin here and whether it's going to work for both the employee and the employer. Um, You know, I think um, for a lot of SMEs, I think this could be uh, an awful lot of pressure for them um, to embrace the the four-day working week. Um, I think, um, you know, a lot of SMEs of which, um, you know, are the backbone of our economy in Ireland they really are struggling. Um, and to, to force this onto them now, I think, would be, you know, just the straw that broke the, the camel's back. Um, you know, I live in Clonakilty, and when I look on the main street here in Clonakilty and all this, the small businesses and all the SMEs here, I think they would really struggle with a four-day working week. They don't have the large pockets that some of the larger organisations have and who, who could carry it. So we really need to look at both sides, I think, when we're looking, I think it's fantastic to be having this conversation and to be opening this conversation. And six months ago, uh, you, well, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. So, um, you know, but flexibility in the workplace can mean lots of different things. And I think it's very, very important to make sure that it works for the employer as well as the employee. Right. Margaret, it's a very interesting point that Karen is making, which is if you have done it before now and both of your groups have and it's working, that's fine. But if you haven't, it's not something you should try at the moment because of COVID. Um, Good morning. And yes, Joe, I think, look, uh, the first thing I would say is the four-day week initiative or the model may not suit every business. So if we agree on that, then let's work out from that and see, well, what does that mean then for businesses that might even think about it? I do think that it's really important as we're looking forward to how our businesses are going to continue. And believe me, it's hard, and I'm sure Karen is the exact same thing, it's hard to keep your business on track 
at the moment. So you've got to see, is there anything else that can make it better? In our situation, what we saw was the business benefits, and I'm taking away the, biz, the, the wellness benefits, which are equally impactful and probably more important, but just focusing on the business for a second. We saw our productivity increase uh, by 27%. We saw our unplanned absenteeism, or not unplanned absenteeism, but absenteeism, short-term absenteeism, disappear. So we had nobody ringing up on a Monday morning, oh, I've been sick all night and I can't come into work, or anything like that. We um, saw our attrition, uh, our unplanned attrition, reduced to zero. So from a business point of view, it has been highly successful. Now, if I said to an organisation, look, you can, we also had a 30% increase in sales. You could possibly increase your sales. You could possibly increase your productivity. Would you be interested in it? Then I think organisations should, if they have an opportunity, take some time out to reflect. I think the point that Karen is making is well made in terms of maybe now is not the time, but now is the time to have the conversation, if not to start the planning. We looked at this from February through until May in terms to, to try and figure it out. We set up a committee that was called the Pessimist Committee within the organisation. The what? The Pessimist Committee. <laughs> and that was, you know, our director who was project managing it uh, brought this group of senior people in the organisation from different parts. I think it was five of them. But he was very upset because he said, every time we, we come up to um, a good idea or a benefit, the Pessimist Committee would say, oh, no, what if? So we had to work through all of the what ifs in order to find the solutions. And that took time. So I think the planning is really important. And also to be realistic about your business. And are there things that, you know, do you actually recognize how much time is wasted during the day? As Karen said, you know, we often don't realize how much time we waste during the day. Do you have meetings that run on for an hour and 20 minutes? Can you reduce those to 30 minutes? We have a rule in the office that we try to adhere to. Um, meetings shouldn't be longer than 45 minutes. Um, and that instantly is saving at least 15 minutes that we would have allowed in the past. Um, we have a rule that says if you're busy and you want to concentrate on what you're doing, put up a symbol, and we have a symbol which is do not disturb, and give me uninterrupted thinking time so that I can get through the job that I'm doing without interruptions. So what might have taken me two and a half hours in the past is actually only taking me now maybe an hour and 45 minutes. So I'm saving time. Um, so I, I think that the benefits to society, the benefits to business, the benefits to the community, um, and the benefits to the climate are so um, there's so much of an opportunity there that we really need to be thinking about it now. And if you're in a position to implement it, and lots of businesses are, um, mm. that would be great. But if you're not, yeah. then you say, let's look at it, um, park it for now, get through this pandemic, keep our business on the straight and narrow, and hopefully come out the other side, because that's what your focus should be. And Karen is absolutely right about that. Right. Um, but Karen, when you know, I chat to people who are on three and four day cycles, you know, 12 hour shifts, you chat maybe to nurses or, or guards. And I mean, they will say to you, well, it sounds great, but try it. Try doing, you know, intense 12 hour days when that's all you're doing. You're going to work uh, or working even from home, but you're doing it straight through for 12 hours. Um, bed really and then at it again the next day. It isn't ideal, would be their view. 
Yeah, and I have great admiration for anybody who does shift work, and I have lots of friends who do, and I think it's, uh, you know, a, t- a tough a tough call. But um, I think, you know, as as um, as you said there, it's um, it's it's great to have be having this conversation now, and for with with regards flexible work, and um, there are lots of different options that you can adopt. Um, I think, you know, we are never going to work the same as we did um, pre-COVID. Uh, we're looking at a hybrid way of working with half the people in the office and half working from home. And so we need to get our heads around that for starters uh, because we can't have full capacity in our workplaces. So, you know, we need to certainly get our head about a hybrid way of working and remote working. But there are lots of other different options that could work, not just the four-day working week. Um, you know, even employers being flexible and allowing people to start later and, and you know, letting them drop off their kids to school if, that's, if they do have children. But there's also options like term time, where you work when your kids are in school, um, job share, um, remote work, obviously, part time is an option, um, compressed hours. And I suppose what is very important to say is that, you know, um, work should be measured by results and not bums on seats. It shouldn't be, um, you know, and presenteeism is a dirty word, I suppose, uh, when it comes to flexible work in our world. So it shouldn't be about coming into the office and, you know, the person who stays the longest is deemed to be the most productive, which may not be the case at all. So a a person's um, work should be measured by what they do and not the time spent sitting in front of the computer. Yeah. Okay, well listen, thank you both uh, for that, Karen O'Reilly of Employ Mum Limited and Margaret Cox, Director of ICE Group. They operate the Pittman Training Centre in uh, Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.